Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Oh, man, Andrea, that worship set, and your daughter Hannah. Man, wow, I tell you what the truth. I, we heard it in the first service, Tim, but man, it's nothing like that last anointing. I mean, I felt like I was just going to Zoom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to log back on this afternoon and watch that again. That was so great. We're so thankful that you are with us today online for wherever you're joining us from. Would you go ahead and engage with us? And uh, we're uh, talking to one another on the, on the uh, uh, Facebook here and, uh, and the other areas Wow, and we just thank God that you're joining us and watching with us today. It's going to be an amazing time of looking into the teaching today. Hey, um, you know, our governor said that we could go back to uh, phase one uh, coming up this week. We don't know exactly what that looks like, uh, but in, it's doubtful that we'll be back to church on the 1st of June, but it will be great to be back at Mother's Day. So you pray with us, and we're doing everything we can to do that right when we come back not sure what that's going to look like, but thank you for joining us. You have your Bible with you today. <clears throat> if you have your Bible, let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Wow, thank you for allowing us to have ears to hear and thank you for giving voices and, and the ability to play musical instruments and to be able to record that with our team and send it out over the airways. Thank you for all of that, Lord. Now as we come to look into your word, we pray that your anointing would flow. Otherwise, it's just words that I would say today. Holy Spirit, I'm desperately, completely leaning on you today because only you can take these words and make them anointed to touch lives and hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, listen, I'm going to look in Matthew chapter 14, so if you want to go ahead and, and go there, and also the same story is in Mark chapter 6, and I'll refer to that, and the same story is in John chapter 6, and so we're going to look at that today. <clears throat> and again, thank you for letting me know that you're watching. It's just really, I really appreciate that, and, it's, and I welcome you today. We're living in a time right now when everybody is flooded with questions, right? I mean, what are some of the questions that you've been asked, uh, people have asked you, or maybe the questions that you've asked? Here, here's some I've heard, like, when are we going to get back to normal? Well, I don't know what normal is anymore, do you? Uh, I'm not sure we'll ever get back to the normal. Remember normal before 9-11? Nothing was ever the same again. And I don't think that... that that the normal ahead of us is a bad normal. I think God is going to use all of this for his glory. Some people say the question is, is this a judgment of God? Well, you have to ask God about that. I don't, I, that's above my pay grade right there. Um, and people say, why, how are we going to survive this? And why hasn't God stopped this? Right there, would you, would you post the question that you've been asking the most or um, uh, um, that somebody else has been asking you, just go ahead and put it on there, and, and we'll read those. Here's one that I hear a lot. This one is that. 
I think there's something they're not telling us. You heard that one? Yeah, heard that. Da, 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 da. It's called conspiracy theory. You know, everybody, I remember back years ago that Henry Kissinger, there was a conspiracy theory. And some of you are too young to know Henry Kissinger. Just look on the internet. But everybody said, oh, if you count up his letters, his letters is 666. And then it was, I don't know, how many other 666s we've had since then. Are we in the last days? Of course we're in the last days. We've been in the last days since Jesus went back to heaven. But we are. So you say, well, I think there's something going on, a conspiracy theory. I, I'm not going to get into that. I know some of you are watching right now, and you have a great conspiracy theory. You know who's behind all of this that's going on. But I, I picked up some of the newest conspiracies. I don't know if you've heard about this. But this is a conspiracy of where that the virus came from. It came from Disney. It says, Disney Plus released COVID-19 in time for its launch. It, the conspiracy theorists say that Disney launched their, own, their new streaming service just in time for this lockdown. All we need is to watch Frozen 2 one more time, right? Okay. Uh, here, here's another conspiracy theorist. This arrived from space. And here it is, Professor Chandra Wickeshire from Buckingham Center in uh, uh, astrobiology. She said that COVID-19 arrived on Earth by a fireball from space burned up in China last October. Wow, I don't know about that one. But I think here's a greater question we should ask. Above, beyond all of those that I just asked, here's a question I'd like for all of us to ask. Are you ready? Here it is. Is God up to something that we can't see yet? Is God up to something we can't see yet? I think all of us are in that place where we say, I can't put my finger on it, but I, I believe that God is up to something in the unseen realm, and I don't, but, and so, I, so people are trying to figure it out, well, I think God is up to this, or I think God is doing this, or God, I think that's so frustrating when the creation is trying to figure out the creator, when God said, my thoughts and my ways are not yours. Here's, here's something that you should know. God's normal is not always our normal. Would you say that with me? God's normal is not always our normal. For instance, I ask you this question. Would a loving, caring God ever intentionally, catch this, intentionally send you into a difficult, painful crisis? Or let me take it a step farther. God's normal is not our normal. Would the God who sends you into a crisis show up in your crisis and just walk on by? You say, oh, I, I, don't, think, I don't think God would ever do something like that. Well, I'm going to show you today from the scripture where that's exactly what happened. You see, God's normal is not our normal. Now listen, I'm not saying that God created or sent this virus. But I do know this, he never wastes a crisis. God takes whatever the enemy intends to destroy us, and he uses that to develop us. I know some of the greatest crisis in my life, some of the greatest heartbreak, some of the greatest storms, and I would never want to repeat them. And I was so glad I got on the other side of them. But when I look back in retrospect... And I know that, I know that, Andrew, you've sensed that. And I know, Tim, you and I have been around the block a long time. I know you sense that. 
that there are things that come into our life, and, uh, and, and it's a storm. And while we're in that storm, we just keep praying, oh, God, get me out of this. God, break me. If you get me out of this, Lord, I'll do this, and I'll do that, and something else. But in that storm that the enemy intended to destroy us is the very place that God begins to develop in us. And after we get past, we look back, and somebody will say, when, when in your life did you feel that you were the closest to God? I got to tell you, the closest I've ever been to God is when I felt like that all hope was gone. I was at the end of my life. No one cared. No one knew where I was. I'd lost everything. You say, would you like to go back there? Heck no. But I'm telling you, I do like to get back to that place. Wouldn't it be great if we could get to that place without a crisis? But I don't know. When I look at the word, it, it doesn't seem. But I'm telling you this. God will take everything the enemy has tended for evil in this time and turn it around and let his church come out brighter and bolder than ever before. I love this verse. This is becoming one of my favorite verses. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Friends, when life gets really difficult, is life difficult for you? Don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. I know sometimes people say, well, where is God? I'm not sure where God is in the midst of all this. Well, I'll tell you this. He's still sitting on his throne. He's not standing up, getting nervous and saying, oh, what are we, we going to do about this? But he's just sort of sitting up there like this. And uh, he's just saying, it's all good. I see how this ends. I see how it started. I see where you are in the middle of it, but it's all good. He's not panicking. So look at this verse. It says, so God, he's on the job. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced because he went through all of these things also. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. You see, we are in a spiritual refining process. This, this, this virus is worldwide. It's worldwide, and, and God is setting up something that his church is going to be more powerful than ever before. We're going through a refining process. Some of the things maybe that we used to do, we won't do anymore. Some of the things we're I mean, look, the, the church has left the building. The church is making an impact into our community. So today, I want to go to those passages, and I want us to examine the refining process that the disciples went through that led them to a new season. I don't know about you, but I just, uh, I just sense in my spirit that something big's getting ready to happen. When I look through church history and read through church history, I find that every great renewal was preceded by a time of crisis, a time of desperation, a time when people got desperate for God, that God was the only thing that they could hope in. So I want to look at this story today, beginning in Matthew chapter 14, uh, beginning at verse 22. Thank you, those of you that are joining. Uh, I just really appreciate you joining with us today. Wow, look at all the wonderful people that are with us. My buddy Clayton Endicott from Germany is watching, and uh, we're praying for them and all they're going through. But let's look at verse 22. Immediately, notice that, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. It doesn't say that, that he suggested, but here's what it says. He made them. That word made them there is meaning this in Greek. He forced, he compelled, 
he urged, and he insisted. Now, we look back in retrospect and we say, did he not know that there was a storm that was coming? Of course he knew there was a storm. But notice what he said. He said, I want you to get in the boat and I want you to go to the other side. In other words, he was saying to them, listen, when I give you a word and I give you a destination, it doesn't matter what happens between here and here, you're going to get to the other side. But, and that, that, happen, he happen, that happens to us. He gives us a word, and we say, okay, I received that word, and there's the ending of that. But then we get in the time of crisis, and that's sometimes where we panic. And so it's a refining process, and I think we can learn from the disciples here. It says, he made them get into the boat. Sometimes you hear this. This is a, one of the biggest lies that you hear from people. Being right in the center of God's will is the safest place that you can ever be. Whoever told you that lied. He never said that. God, Jesus said in this world you're going to have storms and trials, but be encouraged because I've overcome those. Some of you right now in the greatest crisis of your life is right now in the middle of God's will. It right now in the midst of his purpose for your life. You know what's happened? You've lost control of everything that you used to hold on to that brought you comfort. And now you're walking into uncharted waters simply saying, Lord, if you don't hold me up, if you don't keep me, I'm going to sink. Look at verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, you know, because he just fed the 5,000 and now they're trying to make him king. So he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. The boat was now in the middle of the sea. Notice, it's out so far that it can't turn back. You ever got to the place in God's will that you get so far, you, you say, well, I'm not to the other side, but... I can't turn around and go back now. I'm stuck out here in no man's land. I'm stuck out here in the middle, but guess what? Getting stuck in the hallway, getting stuck in the middle is not the place of your destiny. It's the place of the refining process, process where you're going to learn that the faith in God is going to carry you through. That's a good place to give a hand clap right there where you're sitting or give me a hand clap online. Boy, that looks great. That looks awesome. You see, it says there they were there. The boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed. That word tossed there means distressed, like a man with demons. It was tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Feel like any waves are contrary right now? Crisis, listen to me. Crisis and struggle in the life of a believer always has a purpose. Always has a purpose. Things doesn't happen to your life and my life by randomness. I mean, I don't get up and there's a crisis that I'm facing that just randomly happened. I remember one of my mentors, D.H. Queener, told me years ago, he said, ah, Terry, don't worry about things. Anything that comes into your life is passed by the desk of God in heaven, and he looks at that and he says, ah, Terry can handle that because I'll send the Holy Spirit to help him. He, he can handle that. So I'm telling you where we are right now, we're going to handle this with the power and the anointing of the Lord, and it's not just random things that are happening, but what it's forcing us is to trust in Him. I mean, look at, look at the guy, look at the guys in the boat. They were, they were fishermen. Now, they always trusted in their boat. They trusted in their ability to sail the boat, 
because they've done that all their life. The winds who've always helped them before to get one side and back now are blowing against them. Everything that they had trusted in, everything that was a comfort zone to them was taken away and they were right in the middle and panicking. I think about here at, the, at church, uh, how we used to do church is taken away from us. And right now, we're doing it different than we've ever done it before. But you know what's so exciting? God is doing so many great, wonderful things. I, I'm having people, I'm having people, Pastor Tim, that I've invited to come to church for years and years and years. And I've noticed for the last couple of weeks, they're watching online. They're watching. Here's what I know. You say, well, but they're just watching online. Again, my great mentor, D.H. Queener, said, ah, Terry, when people hang around a slippery creek bank long enough, they're going to slip in because of the mud. And so I just say, Lord, people are watching online, let them just slip in. Let them just slip on into that water. You're doing something new. You're doing something powerful, and we thank you. A faith that cannot be shaken is a faith that has been shaken. A faith that cannot be shaken is a faith that has been shaken. You see, if your faith has never been challenged, how do you even know you have faith? I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you, you go to the gym to, you go through a painful time to, to get muscles, right? Only in a storm or a crisis can your faith develop. I go to the gym, and I hope that's really, really quick. And so uh, my trainer, Al's working out, and he sit down there, and he throws on a bunch of more weights, and I say, you realize that's more than I lifted yesterday or last week? Yep, it is. You want to get better? Yep. Then you got to go through some pain. I'm going to be sore tomorrow. Yep, you are. But guess what? When you get ready to scratch your head, your bicep might hit you in the mouth one day if you do it enough, right? I mean, some of you now, it's been a while since you worked out, you know, those triceps and you know, you, you raise your hand and you got a flag flapping underneath here. You know what I'm saying? Sorry about that. I brought up. That's two bad memories, isn't it? But what I'm saying is that when we go to the gym and lift weights, we lift weights for the purpose of that we want to develop muscles. I'm prophetically telling you right now, the storm that we're going through is not something random. It didn't happen by accident, but God has a purpose through all of this. And guess what? Your faith is being stretched, and your faith is growing. Why don't you just put right there, I know my faith is growing. I'm not going to be small, but my faith is growing. <laughs> One person says, I'm going through so much stuff right now, I should be really buff. And I think that's how we all should feel right now, right? Verse 25, now in the fourth watch, fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, they left at sundown to cross across the lake. At night, Jesus went to the mountain and prayed. Now, they've been from sundown to the fourth watch. They've been trying to get the, 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 the mast upright. They've been pulling it down. They've been bailing water under the fourth watch. The fourth watch is somewhere between 4 and 6 a.m. All night long. All night long. Well, do you think that's the biggest gale and another gale hits them? What are we going to do? They're bailing water. They're pushing all of that. But in the midst of all of that, when the disciples saw him walking, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. 
and they cried out for fear. Why were they fearful? Because Jesus showed up in a way that they'd never seen him before. Now, he's been with them in a boat before in a storm, but this time, they're in the boat alone. You see what Jesus is teaching them? One time, they're in a storm, and he's asleep, and they wake him up. Because Jesus knew that he wouldn't always be with them, and they're going to face storms. This little ship of Zion would be, uh, a lot of times the wind would blow against them. But now he takes it a step farther. He tells them to go to the other side, and he stays back to see what would happen to them. And in the midst of that, he begins walking. I mean, look, you don't, you don't do that. They thought it was a ghost. They thought it was the mariner's last ghost before that they would go and sink. They cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, do not be afraid. Wow. He doesn't sh always show up the way that, he think, that we think he should show up. But he knows when we need him the most. I look at this passage and I think right now the boat is in the middle of the lake. Forward and backward. They're just caught there in the middle. There's no turning around. When they needed him the most, Jesus, listen to this, Jesus walked on the very thing that was about to sink their boat. He walked on the very thing that was about to sink their boat. He came to them. I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that the Lord Jesus is walking on the midst of the, in the, on top of this virus, on top of the economic collapse, on top of all the uncertainties. He's walking and he's going to prove himself through his church as faithful and he's coming out in a powerful, wonderful way and he will come to you right now. I just... I just feel like right now that somebody is watching in this second service and you've gone through not only the crisis of, of that's going on with this virus, but you're going through some personal crisis, uh, uh, maybe a, a physical illness, and you're saying, on top of all of this, then I've got to go through this. I'm telling you right now, you need to start saying, he is coming to me. I may not recognize him the way that he's coming, but he's coming to me. He's never taken his eyes off me. I said, uh, uh, Matthew and Mark and John all tell this story. Now, isn't it interesting that in Mark's gospel, chapter 6, I'm going to go to verse 48. Now, remember, Mark got the gospel story from Peter. So you would think that maybe Peter would have told Mark about this. I mean, this is a pretty big deal, have enough faith to start walking on the water. But Peter doesn't give that to Mark in his writing. He doesn't say write that. You know what Peter says to Mark? Be sure you tell people that it wasn't about my faith and it wasn't about that I walked on water, but it was about Jesus came to us in the midst of our crisis. It's not about our faith. It's about his grace, great grace. Mark says like this, then he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea Listen to this, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said in telling the story, John Mark, we were in the middle of that storm, we were about to sink, and all of a sudden, we look, and Jesus 
is walking on the water. But he's walking past us. It's like he's walking to the other side. Well, now what he told him, Tim? He said, I'll meet you at the other side. So you know, when, when I read that story, I think Jesus was on his way to the other side. He was just going to say, I'll meet you over there. You're going to come through this storm. You've been crying and desperately, but I'll meet you on the other side. But listen to this. They cried out to him. They, as he's passing by, they cried out to him. Don't overlook the human initiative of crying out to your Lord and Savior in the midst of this crisis. Maybe he's given us a promise that we're going to come through this. But where you are right now, you're, you're, just, you're just so overwhelmed. All you can do is say, Jesus, would you please just touch me somehow? Would you do something today to let me know that you haven't forgotten me? I'm telling you, it's time for you to cry out to Jesus. It's time for you to say, I need your healing. I need your help. It's time for the church to say, Lord, we need you now. We can't make it. We know you said we're going to come through this. But we just need you right now, Lord. Just a, just a little bit of help here. I believe that's all he was waiting for. Verse 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. Walk on the water. And he said, come. I love that word, come. In the Greek, it's in the tense of what we call the ingressive eritus, which means start to come. Jesus knew that he wouldn't make it all the way. But all he was saying is, I want you to start the process. Start the refining process. God is saying to you today, I got you. I know you think you can't walk on the water. But just start. Just start walking on the word. So, he, he, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, and he caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. When I read that story, I, I love what Peter said. He didn't say, Lord, if that's really you, would you stop the storm right now? We say, Lord, if you really love me, you'll give me a job by Monday. You'll give me a husband by next week the way that I, the one I want. Peter doesn't say, Lord, would you give me an improvement? But he said, Lord, would you give me a word? Would you, would you tell me to come? People say, Peter walked on the water. No. Peter walked on one word. Come. Really not just come, but began to come. Just begin, begin. You see, my question to you would be this. Do you have faith to move in the direction of the word that God has given you regardless of the conditions you see? Anita said it earlier. Returning the tithe and offering belongs to God, but sometimes we see in the crisis and we think, oh, I can't do that. Oh, yeah, we can because we're being obedient to him. You see, faith is not faith in our faith, but it's faith in Jesus' word. Jesus said to him, why do you doubt? Why do you have undeveloped faith standing with uncertainty? I don't believe 
that Peter was ever the same again. How could he have been? How could he have ever said, I'm going to return back to normal? I, I don't think he have. Can, can you imagine the conversations afterward? Hey, hey Peter, how, how was it really? You, you wouldn't believe it. And as long as I kept my eyes on Jesus, I was okay. But when I took my eyes off of him and I began to look at the storm, I began to sink. So I just want to say that to you right there. That the Lord wants us to keep our eyes upon him, regardless of what we see. You see, it wasn't Peter's faith. It was the grace of God that kept him. Peter could never go back to normal. I tell you, Pastor Tim, I hope we never go back to normal. Normal. What's normal? Normal be on a Sunday morning, you say, well, should we go to church today or not? Why don't you call into Kid City and tell them you can't work today and we're just going to stay home and watch, on t watch, watch church online. Remember those days? That was normal. But I promise you right now that you'd love to go back to that time. I've been asking the, the, uh, the staff around here, I said, we don't want to come back to normal, but we want to come back better. When we come back for a church, we want to come back stronger. We want to come back stronger. Uh, you, you, you're now praying with your family. You're praying with your husband, your wife. You're actually witnessing to people, inviting people into your home to watch online. You're doing all of those things. You're stretching your faith by tithing and giving. I mean, that's, that's beyond normal. You're going to come back stronger into this when we're able to meet together. You're going to be stronger than ever before. So I've been asking the staff, what are you doing personally that you can come back stronger in this? Yeah, so when you asked us that, I just, I mean, ask God, yeah. right? Ask God, what is it that you want me to do specifically? And um, I really felt like he said, you've got to get back to the study. Because, you know, there's, there's a difference when you just read the word, which that's great. You sit and you read the word, you do a devotion. Right. But what, where he was directing me is, I need you to get back to that scheduled wow. study wow. of the word. Wow. Beyond just sitting and reading my word, but study. Wow. Boy, that's great. Tim, what, what about you? What, what's, what's God saying to you? What are you doing that you can come back stronger? So when people come back into this church building, uh, you're, you're stronger. Well, what God talked to me about was kind of, um, Brenda and I are kind of practical people, so he took us to the book of James and putting some action to our faith. So he's talked to us, and we've actually been trying to be healthier during this crisis. We're eating better, exercising more, but we're spending more time together, each other. Mm -hmm. We're talking, we're praying. We're planning on how we can continue to help people when this crisis is over because another one's going to come. Yeah, sure. We don't know when, yeah. but it's going to come. Yeah. And we want to be ready with what we have to help others when yeah. that crisis yeah. comes. Boy, that's great. What about you, Brenda? Well, Pastor Terry, when this um, question was presented to me, you know, I, I sought after the Holy Spirit. And he said, in all things, see God. Hmm. So that means whether it's good or bad, see God in it. He said, in all things, know that God is in control. So we have to know that God is in control of every area of our life. In all things, trust God. So if we wow. trust God knowing that he's never failed us already, um, I, wanted, I figured out how can I put this to what I have. And I, um, I think that God, um, for him to uh, use the gifts that he's blessed me with to bless others, um, to further the kingdom, um, to... Um, you know, my, my passion is seniors and homeless people, and um, that's not going to be normal for them to go back in. Yeah. They're going to need a new normal, yes, sure. and I'm asking God to allow me to help them with their new normal yeah. with the gifts that he's wow. blessed me with. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. 
the new normal. I'll just, I'll just steal that phrase from you. How do we want you to come back? We want you to come back stronger than ever before. Listen, here's what I believe. I believe that there will be an accelerated remnant in the church that in this season are learning lessons and you're going to come back with a greater tenacity of faith, spiritual resilience, because right now you're learning to sit in his presence, in the hidden places, in the dwelling place with him. And you're just sitting and you're learning and you're hearing the things that we've told you over and over. You need a personal time. And now you're developing that. You're witnessing to others. You're doing all of that. And you're, you're looking while others are looking to government to give me. Listen, I'm going to start next week on a brand new series on what's essential. Do you hear what's going on in the world? The world is saying, oh, we need more from the government to give us. We need for more money. We need this to give. And somebody said the other day, boycott going back to work. Do you realize what's happening? In the end times, it says that the whole world will cry out to the Antichrist saying, oh, if, if somebody would just show us how to have peace, if somebody would show us how to get out of this economic collapse, if just somebody would do that. While the world is looking for that Antichrist to come, you and I are saying this is our brightest day. It may look like the darkest day, but it's the brightest day because we're saying we're not looking to the government, we're not looking to someone else, but our sufficiency is from a Lord Jesus Christ who said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, and we're coming back stronger. When, the, when the, this little boat got to the other side, Mark says, Man, people came out and they were healed. It was a new season, but they had to go through the storm to get to the new season. I'm telling you, I feel it in my bones. There's a new season about to break through, not just in the Father's house, but in the church worldwide. That's why this pandemic has been worldwide, because his church is going to raise up and going to be the light and the salt. And in the last days, the greatest harvest and renewal of ever. And you can be part of that. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to be stronger? Not just twiddling your thumbs and saying, well, when we get through this, and I'll get back to normal. No. When we come through this, we're coming through this stronger than ever before. But maybe there's somebody who's watching right now, and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. I'm talking about all this today, and you say, you know what? I feel like I'm sinking beneath the waves. Isn't it interesting in that passage that it says he began to sink? It didn't say, you know, when I jump in a pool, I don't begin to sink. I go poof to the bottom unless I, unless I swim, right? So even in that, there was something up to that. And God is saying to you as he's asking you to cry out to him right now, I'm not going to let you sink to the bottom. You're starting under because I'm telling you that you need me. Scripture said, if I cry out to the Lord, I can be saved. Would you do that today? Would you allow me to lead you in prayer? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If today you need to make a decision and say, you know what, I, I need to decide that I'm going to get serious with God. Would you just put on the, on the post there, decided? Or maybe today is the day that you want to surrender your heart to Jesus and invite him into your heart and into your life. Would you just put on here, decided? Just decided. Could I lead you in a prayer right now? Pray this prayer with me. Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you that regardless of the storm, 
You've never taken your eyes off of me. And I cry out to you, save me. Save me. And I believe right now he's doing that. You didn't stumble on watching this today. It was God's divine movement in your life. He doesn't do things like by random. And you, there's some believers that you've watched today and you haven't watched before. Some of you are even in ministry. Some of you are even leading churches. Maybe you're in a small life group doing, I, I don't know. But I just really feel like that the Lord is doing a refining process with a lot of people today. You just say, you know what? I'm going to decide. I'm going to decide. Well, I love this. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.